Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got The Tension and the Spark by Darren Hayes. Now, I must confess, this was my suggestion this week. This is the new Rachel Stevens. <laughs> uh, do you think he'd be... I don't think he'd mind, actually. No, certainly not with this album, of all of them, probably. It's probably got the most pop yura sounding music on there. And what do you know about Darren Hayes, or did you know about Darren Hayes, prior to me saying, listen to this album because we should talk about it? In the podcast. Well, first of all, I must point out you're much more threatening than that, actually, in real life. Really? I've got a very hazy memory. Your eyes became bloodshot. Very selective memory. Mm, Quite. Um, So, obviously, I was aware of Savage Garden. Um, I remember particularly liking To the Moon and Back. Uh, I think it was on, like, Big Hits 98 or something like that, and I played it a lot on there. But I didn't have any of the albums. I did get the Spin album for my birthday. That's the album that came before this. Really loved it, loved the singles Insatiable and uh, Strange Relationship. And then I think I got this one. I think I got it on a pirate copy because my dad's mate knew someone at the quarry that did them for a pound. And I don't think I really listened to it because I just, I, I liked the lead single, but I didn't really get into it. Well, thankfully you have listened to it since then. Well, yes. Hopefully you've listened to it since then. Just this morning, in fact. Oh, lovely. On the, the walk into work. So Darren, Darren Hayes, Australian singer-songwriter, um, now also a podcaster. What? Every, the world is wife for releasing a podcast these days. Mm. Questionable quality on some of them. Well, yes, absolutely. Uh, we're not going to mention any names because we're... Uh, track by track. Uh, very professional. Um, so yeah, he was one half of Savage Garden, um, who first emerged around 1997. Huge in Australia, successful in the UK and the US as well. Uh, but it wasn't too long before uh, they parted ways, uh, uh, just after the turn of the millennium. Mm. I don't think there was um, any animosity, was there? I don't think so, but you know, you never know what goes on behind the scenes. Mm. We'll find out when the, the film of Savage Garden is released. The, yes, the, uh, the Rocket Man uh, for, for Savage Garden. Straight to TV, I think. So this is um, so this is the second album that Darren released as a solo artist, um, second of many. So prior, you're quite right. Prior to this, we had Spin. Uh, after this, we had this delicate thing we made. Then we had Secret Codes and Battleships. Um, then we had some uh, more collaborative work. Uh, so this album itself. Uh, Dan, stop me if I'm boring you, because I'm talking quite a lot. I'm used to it. I've, I've zoned out quite a while ago, actually. Uh, good. So, uh, this album, The Tension and the Spark, second album, released in 2004. Um, and I think the reason why we're talking about it, uh, well, it was on my recommendation, but I love this album. Uh, it was a real move away from a more poppier sound into something a bit more dance, electronic, uh, and maybe a little bit more darker territory as well yeah definitely certainly it's interesting obviously you say uh less of a poppier sound because the lead single was popular uh and and a very poppy sound but it's not that's not what the album is all like um and of course another reason why we're talking about it this week gonna tie it into an anniversary but this is a legitimate here we one. go now this is legitimate this week is 15 years ago since popular was released as the lead single that's not bad actually almost it's almost valid 
I mean, the ultimate is when the album ties into and, and is a kind of milestone, isn't it? Yeah, but, um, we've had that a couple of times, I think. But it's not far off, actually, because it was September that this album was released, 15 years ago. Shall we get stuck in? So let's go for it. Uh, it's side one, track one, uh, and this is Darkness. Darkness. Will, did he set out his story <laughs> for the album? He did. He really did. I mean, there's, you know, if you're going for a darker, more electronic uh, tone with the album, then why not start off with side one, track one, a uh, track called Darkness? Yeah. Uh, but I love, it's very personal, isn't it? The lyrics of that song. And very heartfelt as well. There's... The second verse leading into the kind of middle eight is just absolutely uh, mesmerising, orally mesmerising. Yes. That'd be a great name for a uh, Pet Shop Boys song. Orally mesmerising. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, there is a bit of... <laughs> just for listeners' attention, if I, get, if I gasp, it's because Will's flashing me. Um, uh, it's just a reflection of the sunlight in my watch. Yes. Should be more specific there. The, yes, there's a point of the song that you showed to me. Is that the bit you're going to put into the uh, final edit? Uh, we'll see what the editing fairies do this week. Okay, so hopefully you've just heard a lovely... It's not quite a key change, but the melody just lifts a little bit, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, which is really nice. But I have to say, for me, the sound, I was really intrigued by the sound, especially after hearing Spin and enjoying it. I like that new electronic sound. It certainly was darker. In fact, I had hoped it was an ode to the band The Darkness. Okay. Oh, God. What's his name? Justin, Justin Lee Collins. No. Oh. <laughs> we don't talk about him. Oh, no. He's... Yeah. yeah. Terrible business, all that, wasn't it? Well, shall we draw a veil over that? Yes. So, But it's not about the darkness. It is about the darkness, not the band, the dark, the actual... The opposite of the lightness. <laughs> Lyrically... <laughs> Lyrically... I'm not a bit... For me, some parts of it are a little bit too literal. And it doesn't quite flow when he's singing it. And I was thinking that, as I said before, I listened to the album in its entirety on the way in. And in previous times when I'd be listening to it and ready for this episode, I'd, I'd really enjoyed the sound. Today I listened to the lyrics a bit more. And it was just a little bit, this thing's like, I'm, I'm famous for my generosity. They say I am the kindest, but it is easier to give, the, give than receive love, give than receive love. It was, just didn't quite flow for me. Do you think that might be intentional? Well, it could be. He's an artist. And yeah, if he's trying to create an atmosphere, perhaps that is part of um, part of it. And maybe he wants you to feel uncomfortable. Mm, just like you're doing now with this flashing. <laughs> there are two B-sides uh, to this which are really good. In fact, the best one is called Touch, uh, although you might have to hunt around to find it because it's not on uh, a streaming service. Time to move on. So track two is I Like The Way. Yeah, yeah. Because I like the way you move in the dark. 
I like the way. And what do you like the way of in that song? Uh, the piano is lovely. What kind of piano? Uh, acoustic piano. Oh. The organic piano. Or it's yes. probably electric, an electric keyboard, isn't it? Yes, more than likely. Electric piano. A keyboard. Keyboard, if, if you, you will. And Dan, you took umbrage with a lyric in that track. I saw you grimace. Oh, I think there's a piece of a fleck of dust on my nose. It wasn't grimacing. It's a, you're obviously referring to um, like a baby sucking mother's milk. Yes. Uh, which is a beautiful thing. Yes. I, I take no umbrage to that at all. Lovely second track. It really is. I like the way there's a slightly more of a donk to this one. Um, and there's something about, I like how for the vast majority of the song, Darren's singing in almost quite a robotic way. He's he's got he does have a huge range, and he uses just the, sort of the lower part and really limited um, parts of that. And I think that is intentional for the the feel of the song. It's quite a robotic song. I like a robotic song. Yes, quite. In fact, we were listening to something quite craft working earlier, weren't we? Yes, um, but we won't say too much about that because we were preparing for a future episode. That was research. Yes, and you know we haven't actually touched on uh, craft work yet no and and we should i know there's definite thirst for us to do the smiths after we mentioned it in an episode smith a while back uh i've had a couple of requests for depeche mode as well who i think somewhere between craft work and the smiths anyway back to darren i love the direction that this album has gone in and i know it took a couple of years to get this album uh kind of where he wanted it to be um, from where it, from where he had been before, I like the idea that he'd taken a very conscious choice in going in a different direction. Because I don't, it does, doesn't feel like after this album he never really went back to that really full on, sometimes a bit saccharine pop mm. sound. Definitely, yeah. I can't imagine how that after the fourth album and they became more electronic and even more experimental. Can't quite imagine how some of those early tracks would have fitted into a set list. But I'm sure he did. I'm sure he would have had to do Insatiable and Strange Relationship for the encore, perhaps. Mm. Mm. So let's move on. Track number three now. We've had Darkness. Bit of Light. Uh, album track certainly an album track what I did like about it is that darkness did sound very dark but light to me didn't particularly sound light it still has got that dark undertow within the song I'd like to take a moment for us to have a a conversation with each other about Darren Hayes' singing voice okay well, it's great, isn't it? Oh, I thought, <laughs> thought you had some feedback to share. No, I, you know, I love, I love his pitch. If you've ever seen him perform live as well, he's just got fantastic skill. I have. Have you seen him live? Well, not live, live. I've seen him. Ah, uh, oh, that's not the same. Well, I've never had the pleasure of seeing him live. Hmm. Wonder when he's next coming back. Would you like to see him next time? He's not uh, really doing music anymore. Really? That's interesting. He's actually um, writing a musical. 
oh. co-writing a musical. And he's in America. Is it the Savage Garden Story musical? Uh, it's another, it's another, another one of those ruddy jukebox musicals. What is it? Is it called Truly Madly Deeply the Musical? That'd be a great name for it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe we should get out together and write that. Yeah. Darren, if you're listening... We're free. <laughs> so, we've not got too much to say about this song, have we? No, it was quite... It was, it, was, it was still part of the same sort of atmospheric sound. I really liked the acoustic guitar outro, actually, because I wasn't expecting to hear that within this album, initially. Um, it's Yeah, it's certainly a ballad moment, but I think we're going to quickly snap out of that for the next song. It's a nice, uh, a nice electronic bed with um, some real instruments at play. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, not, however, on this next track. So this is track four, Popular. Popular there, which was the lead single uh, from uh, Tension in the Spark, uh, which got to number 12 uh, in the charts. Yes, and I do remember hearing this and thinking, this is a very different sound. It is much uh, poppier, dancier than the previous album, and I was completely up for that. So, um, But I do believe that, and it, it makes perfect sense, that this new sound of his probably alienated some of his fans who preferred the slower more obvious ballads of Insatiable or Truly Madly Deeply or things like that. Uh, when I first heard this song, I was completely hooked. Yeah. And I was sold on this new era for Darren Hayes. Uh, and I loved... I mean, it's everything I like about a great pop song. It's catchy. It's a good fusion between pop and more electronic dance as well. It's got an attitude to it. Mm. Um, he totally pulls it off. Um, a bit more of an attitude uh, that he's not had before. Yeah. Uh, and the video, do you remember the video? Something at a supermarket or something like that? He's in a supermarket part of it. It was filmed in London and he's uh, on the on coming through an underground station and it's the old Tottenham Court Road station. Oh. Before, uh, very different to what it is now. Mm. Uh, but very notable if you remember it back in the day. I remember this, when this single came out, I had... Um, not long moved to London, um, oh. and this is one of the songs I associate with that time. Very vibrant, fun time, um, and this was a great sort of soundtrack to a lot of that time. There was uh, a very, uh, a very boppy, almighty remix of this track, there which was... they played in all the all the places when it, when it came out. All the pubs and clubs. All the pubs and clubs of London um, when it came out. Which I'm sure you was having a bop to that. It was it was a very boppable mm. song. Mm. But so nice and really nice memory. And to be honest, that's when I really got into Darren Hayes. And then, and then after listening to this, I then went back and listened to some of his older stuff. Um, and is there anything you enjoyed in the earlier stuff, even though it wasn't particularly like this? I think um, one song always stands out, and that's uh, Crush, nineteen eighty me. Oh yes, which is a brilliant eighties uh, inspired track. And maybe the editing fairies might drop a little bit in of it now. Because I definitely think it's a track by track worthy song, um, and also uh, 1980 is a very significant year for me. Ready? 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 
Yes, I, I distinctly remember liking that from the first album, Spin. And actually, when we were chatting ahead of this episode, um, I put a pound on you, that being your favourite song, and I won, didn't I? You won in, in a bet against yourself. Yeah. Uh, there was also, one of the B-sides was a mashup. So remember when um, like Danny Minogue did a mashup with... Um, oh, uh, Dead or Alive? Dead or Alive. Yeah. Uh, and I think Danny Danny did one with a Madonna song as well. But this was Darren Hayes uh, with uh, Crush versus Madonna's Holiday. Oh, lovely! Which is very good. Holiday Crush, Crush on Holiday. I think was the oh. was the title they twisted it to. Yeah, lovely. Back to Popular. Mm. Uh, but there's one thing that I don't like about Popular. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. The exclamation mark. Yes, the exclamation mark. Because it's very difficult to write. Spellcheck doesn't like it. Autocorrect tries to replace it. It's, it's horrible. It's a bit like with Go by Melanie C that we talked about three weeks ago now. Um, very frustrating. Now, this is one of very few songs. Uh, the vast majority of this album is with Darren and Robert Conley working together. But this one was done with Mark Spike Stent. Uh, and Mark Spike Stent has worked with everyone from Spice Girls to U2, Beyonce... No Doubt, Harry Styles, Linkin Park, I could go on. He's an absolute um, legend, and I think it's just testament to him that he's written... Is it, is it your favourite song on the album? Yes. Yes, yes it is. Would be. Yeah. It's just, I think he's just really... If it was in fifth gear for that album, he's, he's put it up to sixth gear. Uh, let's move on then to the next one. So this is track five now, and this is Dublin Sky. Very sad. I was quite half expecting when I saw that title, sort of an Irish jig, sort of from the lower decks of the Titanic. Um, a bit stereotypical, actually, that mm. comment. Sorry about that. Sorry. Now, he's asking a lot of questions in this song. There is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, well, yes, at least 13 questions mm. that don't repeat themselves. Yeah. And there's clearly uh, a loss here. Yeah, it is one of the most... I think of, from, from the lyrics that have really resonated with me throughout the album, it is the most heartfelt song. It's the most heartbreaking song. Uh, but really nice, actually. Very tender. Yeah, but I love that the electronics are still there. They're, they're much more subtle in this one, especially compared to popular. Uh, but they are there. And they're quite... Um, there's, there's parts of the electronics that drive the song and then there's lots of flecks of uh, trickery in there as well uh, so let's move on to the next one so track number six now this is hero really like that one, Will. 
It's got a bit of a slight... I mean, there's a great bass going through it. A little bit funkier, mm. ever so slightly underplayed. Because he's, not, he's not feeling worthy of adoration and attention. Yeah. It's... Um, well, do you know what? I'm, I have to be honest. I, I really love that one. Musically... So much so that I don't think the lyrics have quite resonated with me yet. I just love how, like you said, the bass is really heavy on that one. The electric guitar as well. And as it's one of those songs that just builds and builds as it goes on. Um, I, you know, I feel like I haven't done my homework properly, but the, the music took me away so much. And I think that does happen sometimes with songs, doesn't it? You well, can no, feel... it's not an immediate... You like a song, but you don't necessarily connect with it or, to use your parlance, uh, resonate. Mm. Have I used that one too much this episode? No. Oh. Because it did resonate with me, that song. Uh, but the lyrics haven't kind of necessarily landed fully with you yet. Yeah, and it's interesting because there are some songs where I'll hear the lyrics before anything else. And genu- and genuinely speaking, I do think I... I was going to say I'm quite a lyrics man, but that makes, makes me sound like a... The lyrical gangster. Yes, which yeah, people have said before. Um, but... There are, or there are sometimes songs where I've heard them for years and it's only after a long time that I kind of really realise what the person is singing about. And that's the beauty of music, isn't it? You mm. know, there are many levels um, and layers to, to, to songs. So it doesn't matter. No. But great one. I really enjoyed that one. Track seven now. This is uh, Unlovable. So interestingly with that one, I the first time I heard it, I heard the lyrics in that one. And, and I was just listening to that then thinking, why is it that I did with that and not the other? I think it's to do almost with the delivery of them. In this one, it's much more angsty. It's almost, he's um, not quite rapping, but he's speaking so fast throughout at some point. It's because of he's letting out his frustrations. There are lines uh, about, you make me feel like my father never loved me. You make me feel like the act of love is empty. Both very different both saying very different things uh but both very you know thought-provoking lyrics um but equally i do love the music of this one as well i think it is very sci-fi i think it almost sounds like sounds that you would hear in a spaceship it's very futuristic mm. but what do you Quite think industrial no i'm not doing this again <laughs> crystal maze I've, i'm immune to it now um what do you think, lyrically and musically? I think lyrically, again, I'm just... What I love about this album is how personal it feels. Mm, definitely. And, you know, when when he's singing, Are my lips unkissable? Are my eyes unlookable? Is my skin untouchable? Am I unlovable? I just can't help feel like he's thinking about something very specific Yeah. in that. Maybe it's quite cathartic to, to do that. Mm. And that's why songwriters like Adele, maybe Darren here, they do it because it's a good way to process. There could be some catharticism to it, you're right. Catharticism. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> it is now. Uh, we'll put it in that book Oh yeah. for Christmas. Musically, um, you know, it's, I'm, you know I, love the, I love the production, the sounds of this album, and I think even on a more tender 
quite a sad track like that. It's still very nicely done. Mm. Track number eight now. Oh, blimey. Void is the next track's name. So here we go. Not at the moment, no. no. And I think that's obviously about trying to move on from from losing someone and trying to find something. Yeah, but struggling, definitely struggling. And I think the music really gets the point across as well. It feels very stark. It feels very repetitive. Almost feels like unfinished. Quite, in, and I'm not doing this to take the piss. It's quite. It does sound quite industrial. Yeah, futuristic. No, 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 no. Just industrial. Aztec. Is that one? Yeah, you're learning. Yeah. yeah. Still haven't watched it. <laughs> um, can I say something to lighten the mood? Yes. We talked at the start about how Darren Hayes has been more of a podcaster of late. Mm-hmm. So I, I read earlier on that he's um, done a couple of podcasts over the last sort of five years or so. Um, now, does this sound familiar? Because one of them mm-hmm. um, is a comedic movie review podcast with another person. So I wonder who came first. Well, no, because Darren is comedic, so it's probably... Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right, sorry, yeah. Torn Stubbs can continue unchallenged um, <laughs> as an original idea. Back to the music of Void, uh, there's a bit of bubbling going on later on, isn't there? Yeah, towards the end. Yeah, a bit bubbly. Soda stream. Hmm. Did you used to have one of those? Yeah. Me too, I got one for my birthday. It was repurposed, I said I wanted one, and suddenly the old one from my grandma's pantry had disappeared, and then it was wrapped up for my birthday, but not to worry. It's a lovely bit of re-gifting there, but you don't worry about that when you're younger. Uh, I was 21. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, and I remember having a chocolate aid. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> well, I don't mind telling you it wasn't it wasn't great. Busy <laughs> chocolate? Yeah. And not in an aero way. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say something even more disgusting then. So, just one last thing I want to say before about Void before we move on. This is only one of three songs um, that Darren has solely uh, written, um, the rest of them being with Robert Conley, who we'll go into in a little bit more detail shortly, I think. Next up, though, on Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, we've got track nine uh, for Darren Hayes, Attention the Spark. This is I Forget... Why are you saying halfway? Are you worried that stumbled, someone stumbled upon this halfway through the episode? Well, it's, just, it's a new thing I'm trying halfway through, just as a kind of to sort of recenter. Uh, well, oh. yeah, if anyone's How, jo- joined us halfway through, okay, no, sorry to interrupt. Um, if you've just joined us, we're talking about the tension that's sparked by Darren Hayes. This is track nine. I forgive. Lovely, uh, almost like radio telephone interference running underneath that track. 
Yes, that track on Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> this has an old friend of the podcast on production duties. Nick Knowles. No. Stuart Price. No. Do we talk about anyone else? I don't think we do, do we? Uh, it's Marius Debris, who we spoke about only three weeks ago, again mentioning Melanie C, uh, on the Northern Star episode. He worked on her title track, Northern Star, and some other things. And he's the producer on this one. And just as a reminder, if for some reason you managed to not listen to the Melanie C. Northern Star episode, uh, please do go back. Marius DeVry is a producer, 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 and Australian com- producer. That was for Darren. Yeah. <laughs> this is mother tongue. He's a producer and composer who has worked with um, Baz Luhrmann on Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet, and he's also worked on La La Land. There's something about Darren Hay's music career that's always... I've always thought there must be parallels between... Or there are parallels between him and George Michael. You know, starting off in a kind of quite poppy duo and then almost at the height of their fame, splitting up and the lead singer going solo. This song, I think, really just remind me more than anything else of... Uh, it could be uh, could have been a George Michael track. Um, I think there's things in this that are quite similar to... Faith, something about the chords that he uses in this one. Yeah, have you ever thought about the two together? Not in a sexual way. No, no and no, I haven't (laughs) actually, but I do enjoy this track. Mm. Um, Despite still quite a dark tone, it's a bit more of a beat in there, quite a dirty electronic beat, which is uh, quite enchanting actually. Mm. Well, here's hoping we continue to be enchanted. And let's see, shall we, as we get on to track number 10 now, and this is Feel. I think it's a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork. And I love this artwork. Mm. It it looks like a 70s vinyl. Yes. Uh, And the aesthetic um, on this artwork uh, is consistent with uh, the videos. Well, not popular, but the video for Darkness as well. And the singles. It almost feels a bit kind of noir. A bit noir. A bit retro. Mm-hmm. A little bit, because I, I imagine that a room that he's in with that very old TV is a motel room. That's what you think. Is that's what I was thinking as well. Mm. Uh, it does fit, you know, a, a, a lone man in a motel room. It does make you think about someone on their own. And what what is he getting up to in that room on his own? And what is he watching on that screen? It's Darren's Darren's in the picture on the album artwork. He's wearing a black shirt and some slacks. Slacks. <laughs> And yeah, there's a very old retro style TV there. Uh, and but I, again, this week I really like. I'm really enjoying the font that's used on there as well. It's very different to, I guess, the look and feel of uh, the popular artwork. But in terms of the track, obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of it. No, likewise, um, it's it, it's in keeping with the sound. But I'm getting a little bit concerned that our frenemy. Uh, Peter Out might have just pulled his car up. Yeah, he just got a flight back from Los Angeles. Um, mm. And he's just... Uh, actually, I don't think we need worry. I think the the, uh, the plane's just taxiing uh, to the terminal now. So well, we I, might be okay. I don't think Peter Out is in Los Angeles. I think he lives in 
Hull, probably. <laughs> He's a single dad, <laughs> down you, on his luck. You can hear his car coming from about a mile away because it says claps out. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the next track because, I mean, Dan, I honestly think you will be unfounded. Okay. I'm willing to take your word on this one, Will. So this is track number 11 now. This is Love and Attraction. Love and Attraction It's like sex And passion It's two ends Of the spectrum Are you a friend or a lover? My pick one or the other Love and Attraction It's like joy And sadness It's like peace That was Love and Attraction. A very popular sound on that one. Yes, uh, one of my favourites on the album, where Darren is... um, He doesn't know what he wants. Mm. Doesn't know who he wants. Mm. Doesn't know how it works. I suppose, like, you have these stages of grief, you also have the stages of breakup, where, you know, you're, you're heartbroken, you're devastated, you're angry, and then you're thirsty. Everyone wants someone to hold, everyone wants to choose a role... Ain't nobody willing to break a mould. No hint of bravery. I think we can all... Those lyrics resonate with us all. Oh, I thought that was just you talking then. Is that the lyrics? That's the lyrics. Oh, right. I'm not as profound as that. I wouldn't? No, that's quite right. And there's some real juxtaposing lyrics there. You know, you've got joy and sadness, peace and conflict, sex and passion, friend or lover. Mm. I think he's trying to weigh all of these things up. Sometimes a friend can become a lover. Yes. Not that there's anything going on here. Uh, and we're not friends. so <laughs> Colleagues. <laughs> Colleagues. Business partners. A very enjoyable one. But I think, yeah, he's moving through a kind of breakup, a sense of loss, a sense of loneliness, a void, now into trying to work out where he's going. Or maybe we're just reading things into his music and lyrics that aren't actually. Well, that is, the, that is also the beauty of music, isn't it? In making the lyrics your own, putting your own stamp on them. Mm. Do you enjoy that one? Yes, it was a nice, really nice sound, particularly after uh, Feel, which... Um, Wasn't? No, I didn't really feel that one. Um, for me, the best song that's called Feel is Robert Williams' Feel. Uh, yeah. Mm, sing again, then. No, no singing. No? Ah, no. I like it when you sing in the episode. No, I heard myself singing in a previous episode, uh, and I wanted to go and uh, throw myself out the window. Oh, well, I'll give you a hand if you want. <laughs> Uh, so we're moving on to track number 12 now, um, and this is something, Dan, you have don't have at all. Money? Sense of humour. You will find my scent attractive, you will like my real engaging eyes, and playful childlike smile. You will find my style appealing. Slower one there. Is, is are we going to Peter out? Is Peter going through uh, baggage claim? Yes, he's he's on his way to us. He might not make it in time, but we'll see what happens there. So that was sense of humour. He talks about it's an interesting concept for the lyrics. He's talking about you will like my sense of humour. You will be addicted to my smile, laughing all the while, and I will end each conversation. I will leave the room with upper hand, and you will understand. It's very it's certainly bigging himself up. Is this for the dating scene? It's almost a bit arrogant mm. there. 
Yeah, which I'm not a fan of arrogance, I'll be quite honest. Um, if only you'd run to me, if only you'd come to me, if only you'd relax upon your rules and dare to be love's fool. It's quite, it, it, it flows quite nicely, but it's uh, perhaps is he taking on a persona or is this him? Or is this him at his worst? Lots of you asking as many questions as he's asking in some of the some of the tracks. Well, yes, I'm not getting any answers from you either. It's uh, certainly some nice electronic sounds in there, but it's not one of my favourite tracks in the album. Just a word on this album's performance in the UK. It got to number thirteen, uh, the album itself, uh, and it was extremely well received by fans and critics alike. Wonderful. It was very uh, very popular, uh, for want of a better word. Pop. You love. Yeah. And also, I did mention before that we go into a little bit more detail on Robert Connolly, who co-wrote and produced the vast majority of this album with Darren. Uh, he began his musical career with Kiss, of all bands. He used to do a lot of programming and engineering. Uh, he also worked with legends like Celine Dion and Jessica Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't really put them in the same sentence. Beauty and the Beast. He did the songs. Remember... Um, Nobody Wants to Be Lonely by Ricky Martin and Christina Aguilera. Yes. Uh, he programmed and engineered that. He worked with Brian McFadden. So we're up to the last track on the album, uh, and this is Ego. I have been quietly etching So that was Ego. Dan, can you hear that sound? It's petered out. Peter! Hi. No, don't let him in. Just oh. sit on, put him on the doorstep for a second. Uh, so that was Ego. So after Love and Attraction, which was a, a welcome change of pace, we've slowed down again. We have. One thing I do like about this one, though, I like what he's doing with his voice. He's singing in a very different style. It almost sounds a little bit like someone drunk on karaoke or something like that. Someone drunk trying to be... Liam Gallagher on karaoke or something. It's just very... It's not as polished as it normally is. It feels like he's under some sort of influence. It almost feels a bit weary mm. as well. Yeah. So, Dan, I'm conscious that there are two further albums of just Darren after this, which have there's some good nuggets on there as well that we might not end up coming back to and talking about. So is there anything you want to highlight today? Well, I hope maybe we'll come back to them. You know, we've got a very long list, but this podcast is going to go on forever, isn't it? But to just to tang people in there, any big Darren fans or converts, where well, next? I have to say, I did, again, get the next album, uh, a, a pirated copy again. Really, really sorry about that, Darren. Um, I have since listened to it, bits of it on streaming services, so you will be getting some revenue from me that way. But I can't say that I've listened to any of them fully, so n- nothing really, anything from you. Let me, yeah, let me share a couple of suggestions. So on this delicate thing we've made, which is the next one, Step Into the Light... How to Build a Time Machine. Yes, I remember the Time Machine one. That was good. Me, Myself and I. Setting Sun is excellent, actually, as well. Uh, And then on the album after that, you've got Talk, 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 Blackout the Sun, Bloodstained Heart as well. Um, So some some great pop music that you can check out with Darren Hayes. Lovely. Um, But we have got some further listening. It feels like we're done with Attention and the Spark. Yes. Come to a natural end. 
But it kind of has, and, and it feels like the track listing was very good in that it felt like a, it it does feel like a, a play almost or something like that, doesn't it? But the performance has ended. So we what we wanted to do for further listening, um, we might have given the game away by talking about Adam Darren, Darren Hayes tracks there. Uh, I think we wanted to share for each of us our favourite Savage Garden track. Yes. Uh, what a treat. Uh, because um, they had some great pop music uh, as a duo. Yes, yeah, so I remember actually Girl at School was a huge... She was obsessed with, with Savage Garden, a bit like you are with Girls Aloud, actually. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But Will, yes, I'd love... Are you going to go first? So I am going to go with uh, Right Back to Beginning uh, and their debut uh, and uh, I Want You. Come stand a little bit closer Breathe in and get a bit higher You'll never know what hit you when I get to So that was I Want You, where it all began. And I remember the first time I heard this, it was on an episode of Heartbreak High. Really? Do you remember Heartbreak High? I remember. I never used to watch that one. Mm. The Australian school teen drama. It was on BBC Two after after tea in the evenings. Around the Simpsons time? That sort of time. Mm. Uh, And I just... it's, It's a great pop song. It's very catchy. Very catchy. It reminds me... I think there's elements of 80s music in there and particularly in excess who of course themselves were an 80s electronic e band so makes perfect sense uh so a lovely memory that that was 1997 that came out and it did it was phenomenal success so it was uh it got to uh number 11 oh really number 11 what in the uk yeah that sounds quite good i think yeah, but back in those days, you had to get top ten to be really big, didn't you? Oh. Uh, there was a Sash radio edit and a Xenomania version of this song as well. So, bang, two of our favourites right there. We need to talk about Sash one day. We need to talk about well, Sash. Well, not the first time we've said that either. No. There was a Xenomania funky mix and a Sash radio edit uh, knocking about there. So, I can't find them on a streaming service anywhere. I'm sure you'll get the CD from eBay. Yeah, I'm right out, right up into that at the moment. You're, what you're doing for the CD industry, what people have done for the vinyl industry, you're just stacking them up, aren't you? Well, I'm just filling in gaps in my collection mm. with things that I can't find on streaming services. And I've had some fantastic finds mm. as a result of it. So, do it. Dan, what have you gone for? So, I have to say I don't know a lot of Savage Garden uh, and their work. But I did mention right at the beginning of the episode that at home, I think it was my mum's actually, we had Big Hits 98 and... There was this song on there, so it's to the moon and back. Yeah, it was another great one of its time. And uh, the album version has a lovely uh, outro with a pianist on. Oh, sorry? Pianist. Oh, yes. 
That, is, that was lovely. Uh, but there was a 1998 radio edit, which I know you prefer. That is the version that we have just played. Because <laughs> <laughs> I made it quite clear that, that would, it was from Big Hits 98. Um, <laughs> but also, I just want to read off to you, Will, some of the tracks from Big Hits 98. Of course, it was one of those copies of Now, whatever was about at the time, but with some different artists on there that weren't allowed to be on the now. Yeah, it was definitely a wide open marketplace for compilation albums at the time because you couldn't get them any Extreme, songs anywhere else. No YouTube, but this album had on it five Everybody Get Up, All Saints Booty Call, which actually was uh, the Club Asylum dub remix of that. So it was um, very different, but I remember loving there'll it. Be no, there'll be no singing on it if it was a dub. Yeah, just a few samples. Another levels, Freak Me, Cleopatra's cover of I Want You Back, which I played to death and my... Uh, my brother absolutely hated it. Uh, Destiny's Child with me. Don't even remember that one. It's so long ago. Uh, Matthew Marsden, who was an actor for Coronation Street, who went into music and then actually on one of his early singles, Destiny's Child, with a featured guest on it. I remember that. That was a str- he's very well connected. Yeah. Um, or paid a lot of money. Uh, also got on there the cause who we spoke about a few weeks ago. Steps one for sorrow. Aqua turn about time. This I feel like I've just been on a bit of a time warp going through this, but. Yeah, Savage Garden to the moon and back, 21 years ago. We're out of time. So, Darren Hayes, thank you very much. Very good to talk about him. Bit different this week. Bit different, and that's that's okay. That's part of all part of the part of the fun. So the rich tapestry. (laughs) You haven't said that one for a while, have you? So, do let us know what you thought to this week's episode at Move to Trash UK hashtag Track by Track. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? It's a big first next week, actually, because we're not talking about a studio album per se. We are talking about the an official cast recording. Of something. Of something. It's also kind of going to kick off our first birthday celebrations as yeah, well. It's... So if there are any regular listeners, you might be able to put two and two together. And get... Two divided by zero. <laughs> to say anything I've said more, too much. yeah, as ever. Uh, to say anything more would be to give it away. Help myself. But hopefully, if this is your first episode, then do head to Apple Podcasts or a provider of your choice. Listen to some of the fifty odd past episodes, and if you are on Apple Podcasts, then please do give us a rating and a review. Uh, as we said, it's our one year anniversary coming up, and we'd love that as a little token gesture. So until next time, I've been Daniel Jones. Oh, and I've been Darren Hayes. Goodbye.